Grace and peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Let's turn and greet one another. We welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church, especially those of you who are visiting with us as we celebrate today the Protestant Reformation's 500th anniversary. And as you can tell, we are pulling out all the stops. I bet you wonder where we got all those extra choir members. This is, the, this is the choir from Calvary Church Santa Ana, and we are just delighted to have them and their director, Helen Weed, with us today, and they'll be joining in several pieces with us. You can see some of the things that are going on in the life of the church in the connections inside of your bulletin. One of them is that our new deacons, who are going to be elected in another couple of weeks, are uh, actually being trained today, or after this service over in Tankersley Hall. And the people who went on our trip to Israel in May, some of them are having a Bible study after this service up in Hills Hall, up, upstairs by the office. Next Sunday is our fall pancake breakfast. You are all invited. You do not have to get tickets ahead. You can get tickets at the door. It will be in Tankersley Hall. Great food after both services and a great chance to sit around and talk to one another. Also, we have our new member class in a couple of weeks. If you've been thinking about finding out more about our church or maybe becoming a member here, that's a chance for you to do that. You can sign up at a cart on the patio and they'll give you a little booklet about our church if you want to have some more information about us before you come. The third Friday group invites you to join them to hear about LifeWater International and their important work of providing clean water around the world. That's going to be a potluck, so you just have to sign up for what you're going to bring, and you do not need to pay for that. Lots of other things that are going on, including, even though it is still October, we are getting ready for Christmas, believe it or not. Our children have already been practicing for their Christmas musical, and if you have a child or a grandchild who might want to be part of that, the way to be part of that is to talk to Linda White, our choir director, and she will get you connected about that. Also, our deacons, as you know, provide cookies for the entire city of Laguna on hospitality night out on the, in the Rose Garden, and so we're asking you to start today to sign up to bring cookies for that night. It is just a month away till that night. So it is not too early to start signing up to bring those cookies out on the patio today. Also, next Sunday we fall back. It is time change. And the flowers this morning are celebrating the anniversary of Gertrude and Jay Andrus. Where's Gertrude? Oh, no! Oh, no. Is that what the flowers are for? 
Congratulations, 48th anniversary. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord. I felt everybody's stress level go up when Kathy said Christmas, so we definitely need <laughs> prayer. So let us give this time to the Lord. Sovereign God, we praise you for your goodness this morning. You are infinite, eternal, and unchangeable, glorious in holiness, full of mercy and compassion. All of your works praise you in all places of your creation. Your promised goodness and reconciling love has been revealed to us in Jesus Christ, our Savior. By grace, through faith, in the Scripture, to the glory of God alone. Awaken us to your word this morning, we pray, by your blessed Spirit, in Christ our Lord. Amen. Join me in the responsive call to worship that you'll find printed in your bulletin. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear Though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God shall help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms totter, God speaks, and the earth melts. God makes wars cease to the end of the earth. God breaks the bow, shatters the spear, and burns the shields with fire. God is exalted among the nations. God is exalted in the earth. The Lord, the Lord of hosts, hosts is, is with, with us. us. The, the God, God of Jacob is our, our refuge. Oh 
so as we come to the Lord to pray and to, uh, to confess to him the ways in which we walk away from him, we respond responsively in word and in song. Let us pray. On this 500th anniversary of the Reformation, we pray for unity and reconciliation within the body of Christ. Oh, oh God, we give you thanks for the church that in every age has taught the faith to children, shared the sacraments, and fed the poor. Forgive, Forgive us, O oh God, for the, for the times the church has left the human urge for power and self-preservation to prevail over your will being done. And so we sing together, Lord, send now. God, we give you thanks for all who work to create unity among your church. Forgive us, O oh God, for the times we have promoted differences over and above our oneness as brothers and sisters in Christ. So we sing together. God, we give you thanks for the diversity of expression in our many churches and denominations and for the Holy Spirit at work bringing transformation and renewal to your church. Oh God, we pray for the church around the world this morning to be worthy and willing to work at healing divisions in your church, the body of Christ. Oh God, May we be your faithful disciples in the now and not yet of your kingdom. So hear us as we bring to you the silent confessions of our hearts. For we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. My friends, hear the good news. God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. For by, For by grace, grace we, we have been saved, saved through faith, faith. And, and this, this is, is not our own doing. doing. It, it is, is the, the gift, gift of God, God not, not the result, result of works, works so that, so that no, no one, one may, may boast. boast. Amen.
We have two scripture readings this morning. For our first scripture reading, I invite you to open up your Bibles to Psalm 95. Hear now God's word to us. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and the dry land which his hands have formed. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Oh, that today you would listen to his voice. Do not harden your hearts as at Mirabah, as on the day of Massa in the wilderness, when your ancestors tested me and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work. For forty years I loathed that generation and said, They are a people whose hearts go astray, and they do not regard my ways. Therefore, in my anger I swore, they shall not enter my rest. And from the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, I'll be reading from chapter 3. Listen closely in this chapter to the references back to Psalm 95. Therefore, brothers and sisters, holy partners in a heavenly calling, consider that Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. Yet Jesus is worthy of more glory than Moses, just as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that would be spoken later. Christ, however, was faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house if we hold firm to the confidence and the pride that belong to hope. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as on the day of testing in the wilderness, where your ancestors put me to the test, though they had seen my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation, and I said, they will always go astray in their hearts, and they have not known my ways. As in my anger, I swore they will not enter my rest." Take care, brothers and sisters, that none of you may have an evil, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partners of Christ if only we hold our first confidence firm to the end. As it is said, today you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. 
Now, who were they who heard and yet were rebellious? Was it not all those who left Egypt under the leadership of Moses? But with whom was he angry 40 years? Was it not those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, if not to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, help us. Help us to know your paths. Lead us in your truth and teach us. For you are the God of our salvation, and for you we wait all day long. Open our hearts and our minds now to your word. We ask this in the name of Jesus, your Son. Amen. Something life-changing happened to me at the men's retreat this last weekend at Lake Arrowhead. (laughs) So much so that this last week has been heavily influenced by this single event that took place. As I was getting out of the boat to make my way up to the Lake Arrowhead Village, I checked my back pocket to make sure that I had remembered the boat key. And as I pulled the key out of my pocket, it carried along with it my cell phone. My phone launched out like from a slingshot out beyond arm's length right into the lake. And I can still see it right now. There's tears in my eyes. You just can't see them. It hit the lake, kerplunk, and I just watched helplessly as it sank to the bottom of the lake. Now, if you know those village docks, you're aware it's at least 50 feet down to the bottom. It might as well be an abyss. Some of my friends were saying, dive in, Steve. 55 degrees. Do you know what the first words out of my mouth were? (laughs) yeah you know me you know some of my sentencing answers no no it wasn't honestly these were the first words out of my mouth the lord giveth (laughs) they were really i just came out the lord giveth and the lord taketh away and one of our wise men on the retreat, or shall I say one of the wise guys on our retreat, said, Steve, God had nothing to do with that. That's all on you, pal. After hours of the shakes without a cell phone, transformation started to happen in my life. Unable to check my cell phone every 10 minutes for texts and emails and game scores and breaking news, I started to become a different person. A sense of calm and peace came over me. My attention span was lengthened. Real conversations with people, they were deepened. I actually looked up at people when they were talking with me. What a concept. When I got home on Sunday night, I used this weird device, it's called a home phone, (laughs) to call my brother to check in instead of just giving him a quick emoji of, hey, things are cool. 
we actually had a really nice conversation on the phone. Oh, oh, things were a-changing. On my Monday morning walk, there were two people, two women, who I have passed on the same path for years. And one of the women looked at me. She had a funny look in her eye, and she said, Hey, where are your earphones? And I stopped and I said, I lost my phone at the bottom of the lake. No music, no talk radio for me today. And then one of them looked back at me with this sarcastic grin, and she said, Steve, this may open up for you a whole new world on your walks. <laughs> oh, and she was right, it had. I found that I was noticing the little things in life. I noticed the ocean. <laughs> I noticed there were these things called trees, and the leaves were changing in color, and I noticed this thing called the blue sky. I said, hello, Mr. Blue Sky. And, and there were couples walking hand in hand with giddiness. It was beautiful. And I even stopped and I talked to a neighbor. And I smelled a few flowers. But then it happened. My phone, my new phone showed up on Thursday. Hmm. Once I turned that phone on, you know exactly what happened. Text messages and emails and World Series notifications, all of these things started coming on. It was like a plethora of phoenix that came out of the fire. It was overwhelming. And what, I thought to myself, what would happen of this transformation in my life? Would it be short-lived? Would I quickly drift back? What of this whole new world on my walks? Now, I will say, the woman's quote has stuck in my mind all week, not just because it comes from a Disney song that has been stuck in my mind for all this week as well, but it made me think about those events that have taken place in our lives that have opened up for us a whole new world. Can you think of some of those events that have taken place in your life that opened up for you a whole new world. Maybe it was that first day of school when you walked into the classroom and there's the teacher and all these students around you. Or it could have been the first best friend you had and all the friend politics that opened up or that girlfriend or boyfriend in high school or going off to college, a new job, getting married. Remember the, the whole new world that getting married opened up and having kids. There's this whole world you didn't know about in your community and grandkids. Or maybe you joined a club or you had some new pursuit and this whole new world opened up. But could we agree? Could we agree that nothing comes close in comparison to the world that was opened up when we first experienced the grace of God. Could we agree with that? Our eyes opening for the first time to Jesus Christ. Faith, hope, and love rising up in your heart like never before. You began to see the reality of God in all things in life. The Bible became much more than just a book to you. When you were in worship, there was this actual worship that was emerging from your heart towards God. 
and you started to walk in fellowship with him and walking in fellowship with others. And then there was this weird thing that happened in your heart. It was this thing called compassion. And compassion started to rise up and you cared about other people like never before. A whole new world opened up for you. One of my favorite stories of the Reformation in line with this has to be that of Martin Luther. How could we not talk about Martin Luther on a day like this? He was born in 1483, and he was born to two hard-working parents and raised in the Roman Catholic Church. He shared in his memoirs that when he was a child, an adolescent, that he grew to be fearful of God, that nothing he could do in his life could make him right with God. When of age, he attended the university and he studied philosophy. He then went on to get his master's in law to follow into the footsteps of his father, who was a lawyer. But then there was that one day, that event. As he was walking along, a bolt of lightning struck near him. And in terror, he decided and he vowed to a saint that he would become a monk. And as a monk, he said that he was disappointed, depressed, and that his soul was tortured in fear of God and in fear of hell. He could not find assurance as much as he tried in the current teachings of the church that he was accepted and justified before God. In 1502, he was asked to teach at the newly found University of Wittenberg. In 1513, he lectured on the Psalms. In 1515, on the book of Romans. And in 1516, on the letter to the Galatians. And most speculate, in 1515, right when he was starting to lecture on the book of Romans, that there was a verse from chapter 1, verse 17, that struck him like a bolt of lightning. It says, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And those words would go on to transform and to open up a whole new world for Martin Luther and for the church. On October 31st, 1517, just 500 years ago from this coming Tuesday, Martin Luther would nail his 95 thesis to the Wittenberg door, challenging the church to a debate on the nature and the definition of faith. Those great watchwords of the Reformation would come forth. Grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone, Scripture alone, and to God be the glory alone. And we, along with Martin Luther, We have those watchwords in common, don't we? No matter our age or the events that led up to our conversion, whether it was a lightning bolt or a still small voice, we have those things in common, that we have been saved by grace, through faith, in Jesus Christ, revealed in Scripture, all to the glory of God. And like Luther... This has opened up for us a whole new world in the way that we live our life. The way that we live our life into the presence of the living God.
I love the way the psalmist and the writer of Hebrews present this reality before us. If you notice, they are calling us into the presence of God, to live into that presence of God into the world. And the psalmist, he first is telling us that we have a Lord who is great. We have a God who is good, a king above all gods. Our God holds in His hands the depths of the earth, the heights of the mountains, the expanse of the ocean, the vastness of the deserts and valleys. He is our maker and the creator of our souls, and there is nothing, nothing in all the universe that does not belong to Him. And all that we have and all that we need comes from the gracious God, gracious hand of God. Every breath we take comes from God. And He is a God who not only requests, but a God who demands and deserves our worship. A loving God who invites us into His presence. We saw that to, to praise Him, to sing, to lift up our voices. He even commands us that we must have joy, eternal joy. There's a God for you. But the question may arise in your heart, just as it did for Martin Luther, how? How can I have a relationship with this good and holy God? Because second, we are reminded in both passages of the human condition. There's a Jeep down the block from my house. It's it's one of those Jeeps that looks like it just came off the battlefield. You've seen some of those Jeeps in town. They're all camoed out and looks like they just were in Afghanistan or something. And, and there's a bumper sticker on the side window that caught my eye this week. This is what the bumper sticker says. No one is coming. It's up to us. No one is coming. It's up to us thought about that the last few days, that that really sums up the human condition, doesn't it? The human condition apart from God. And I know that all of us together, we can relate to that before we had a relationship with God. We just live by our gut instinct and we just tried to make it through life. And that's the human condition. Both passages bring up the Israelites they talk about the Israelites who left Egypt, of course, who witnessed the power and majesty of God. They had food fed to them from heaven. They had the cloud that led them by day and the fire that led them by night. And, and the good news was preached to them, we are told, but still they did not believe. God right before their face, but still they would not believe and they rebelled. Why? Because they wanted life on their own terms. They wanted to be the captain of their own fate. And it's our plight as well in this human condition apart from a relationship with God. I think glory be to God, Hebrews 3 brings it home for us. And we see Jesus we see Jesus, the rock of our salvation. And it's like the writer of Hebrews is saying to the church, consider Jesus, consider Jesus, consider Jesus. We need Jesus. For God has provided the way for us to enter into His presence, into the presence of a holy and righteous God. How? Not by my works. Not by my works, because I know every time I do something good, I may take a step forward, but I'm always taking steps backwards. There is nothing I can do to make myself right with God. 
But the writer of Hebrews is telling us, consider Jesus, for he is the one who has done everything, everything to make us right before God and enter into his presence. How? By his finished work upon the cross and his resurrection from the grave that assure us that his work is finished for us and we can come into the presence of the blessed God. Now, do you remember? Do you remember when that happened in your life, that event, where you realized that Jesus is the one who has made it possible for you to come into the presence of God? That he accomplished everything for you? You started to become a, a different person. By God's grace, a sense of calm and peace started coming over you. Your attention span on the things of God were lengthened. Real conversations with God were deepened. You actually looked up when He was speaking with you and you with Him. And instead of merely an emoji of thanks when things go good, it's become an authentic relationship of speaking and listening and following and walking with Jesus. Now, life is far from perfect. We know that. In fact, many challenges have been added as a result of us following Jesus, but we would have it no other way. Notice, church, we are left with a warning that there are many distractions that can lead the human heart astray. Falling back into works, worldly desires, but it's why, why the writer of Hebrews keeps saying, consider Jesus. Consider Jesus today. God will give you the strength you need today, the mercy you need today. Do not worry about tomorrow, Jesus said. And one of the ways we consider Jesus, of course, is by being together as a church. I think it's how, it's how he's ending that chapter. We need each other. It's how we spur one another on to love and good deeds. It's when we exhort one another with those words of grace and faith and Scripture and to God be the glory, always considering together Jesus. I have never met anyone who has grown deeply in their relationship with Christ apart from the church. I haven't. We need the church. Now, as I mentioned, I got my new cell phone on Thursday. And I'm not sure how long I can hold out from listening to music or talk radio or calling a friend on the phone while I'm walking. I'd like to think that that transformation isn't short-lived. But I will tell you this, and church, I think we all together affirm this together, that this whole new world opened up for us by Jesus is a transformation by God's grace that will last forever. We would have it no other way even, of course, to God's blessed rest. So on this Reformation Sunday, considering Jesus, we give all the glory to God alone. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let us stand and affirm our faith together with the words printed in our bulletin from Ephesians 4. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, 
There is one body and one spirit. There is one hope in God's call to us. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. Blessed be God who sustains and protects His church. And blessed be God who guides and confirms us in our faith. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I'd like to invite the ushers to come forward as we give of our tithes and offerings. Oh, well. 
prevail for we know in Christ all things are possible for those who trust upon his name so we will stand as children of the yes we will Lord, today we thank you for your church and for the men and women throughout the ages who have finished the race faithfully serving you. We pray for our brothers and sisters, Roman Catholic, Orthodox, Protestant, here and around the world, for your church in Africa, in Asia, in India, in the Middle East, in Latin America, in Europe, and in North America. For those who face suffering today because they name you as Lord, we pray too for the Church of Calvary Church, our visitors, and for our congregation. We thank you that you are still at work reforming and reshaping us for these changing days in which we live. How grateful we are that it is not all up to us, that you are our ever-present help in time of need, that in Jesus Christ you are the one who is on our side, and that you are coming to bring your kingdom in its fullness. And so we turn to you in the midst of our troubles and the troubles of our world. We bring to you those who struggle today with darkness and pain that threatens to undo them with wounds of mind or heart, those who walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Where there is grief, bring comfort. Where there is despair, bring hope. Where there is animosity, bring reconciliation. Where there are wars, bring your peace. Where there is injustice, bring your justice. Where there is starvation, fill empty bellies. May our open doors reflect your open arms to all. May our hands reaching out to those in need reflect your love. As we bring you these gifts for the work of your kingdom, we thank you that you gather protect and care for your church through your word and spirit 
as you have since the beginning of the world and will do to the end. And so we pray together for the coming of that day, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our closing hymn, Crown Him with Many Crowns. Now may the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. God bless you this week. Amen.